0: Hello and welcome to A's Plus, San Francisco Chronicle's podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer, Susan Slusser, and today we welcome in new A's starter, Marco Estrada to talk about what was behind his struggles with Toronto last year and his expectations for this season. Then, Ken Rosenthal of Fox Sports and The Athletic comes by to talk AL West and his thoughts on potential upcoming rule changes. All of that next on A's Plus. Today on the A's Plus podcast, we welcome A's starter Marco Estrada. Marco, you've just uh, been announced as the number two starter. You're getting the second game in Japan. First of all, what, what are your thoughts on on pitching in game two, which which means probably you also get the second start at home too when you guys get back to Oakland?
1: Uh, just being part of this rotation means a lot to me. Um, getting another opportunity and. Um, you know, just showing these guys that, that I belong here and I, I can help them out. Um, so it's just an honor to be part of the, uh, you know, the rotation. I, I don't care what number it is. I, I just want to be out there every fifth day and, um, you know, trying to get my innings in and, and basically just try and give the team a chance to win.
0: You and uh, Mike Fires, who's just been announced as the opening day starter, um, were together as as younger players in the Milwaukee system. What was it like to, for you to come here, find Mike here, and now also you guys are kind of the one two guys?
1: Yeah, it's always good to see familiar faces. Um, you know, I wasn't sure how many guys I was going to know, but I, I I played with Fires, so I knew I was going to uh, see him again, and and obviously Katie. Um, so it's always good to see guys like that. You just they make you feel a little bit better. Um, when you see a familiar face because uh, honestly besides maybe two or three guys i i didn't really know anybody else so it's uh i'm still trying to get to know a lot of guys um that's been probably the hardest thing here so far because you know everybody's so busy but uh i know once the season starts so we'll have a little more time to, to get to know each other and um hopefully these guys like me
0: yeah well you've got a 12-hour plane plane trip coming up too so you right. can probably get to know some guys then yeah they'll
1: probably see a different <laughs> side of me then <laughs> i've been kind of quiet right now i uh, just kind of you know don't want to step on anybody's toes yet so
0: oh, just take control on that plane ride then right yeah. uh, i'm just gonna, gonna go try nights. to yeah a little bit No,
1: I'd, I i want to get to know everybody and and you know show them what i'm really like uh and i know most people probably think i'm pretty quiet but i'm I'm not, and uh, it's just, it's more of a comfort thing for me right now, and like I said, I just, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, I just want to let people do their job right now, everybody's working, you know, trying to get right uh, for the season, so uh, I've been kind of just doing my own thing, and uh, but soon enough. I'll get to know everybody.
0: You are the oldest member of the starting rotation. You're the I think you're the oldest pitcher besides, obviously, Fernando Rodney. who <laughs> has got several years on you. Um, but do you feel like in that sense that you do kind of need to be a leader? Maybe not necessarily a vocal leader, but do you feel like you need to be the leader of the pitching staff?
1: Yeah, you know, if, if I'm not going to be a vocal leader, uh, you definitely have to, um, you know, you you want to show these guys to do things the right way. And, um, you know, I, I, I think – being an older guy younger guys always kind of pay attention to see what you are doing um, I'm sure a lot of them want to know what the right ways are to go about things and uh, if, if they don't come up to me and ask me I'm probably not gonna reach out either um, which it was something I need to get better at um, but I've had a few guys come up to me and ask me certain uh, pitching questions. And, and I really enjoy that stuff. Um, and it's not, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where I wasn't sure if I'd ever be that old guy. And and, and I guess I am now. Uh, what happened? I don't know. I tricked some people into keep resigning me. But <laughs> it, uh, yeah, no, it feels good to, to be known as a veteran now and, and um, being asked certain questions about pitching and uh, people want hear what I have to say. So it's a lot of fun, and it's stuff I take pride in. And I just want to sh- show the young guys the right way.
0: Now, when you're looking around in the off season as a free agent, um, how many teams roughly were you talking to? And what, what stood out to you about the A's when you were talking to teams?
1: Uh, was probably five or six teams. Um, you know, I just I wanted an opportunity, but I also wanted a chance to win. And obviously, these these guys won ninety seven games last year. So, uh, and they're young. So I, I, I knew most of the team was coming back. So the chances of, of us winning here are pretty high. You know, when when you have a team that wins ninety seven games, it's not by accident or luck. Um, it's because it's it's a very young and talented team. Um, so that's it made my decision pretty easy, to be honest with you.
0: You kind of mentioned, I think, it, about pitching against the A's. How, how did you find them a difficult team to, to face when when you were on the yeah. mound?
1: Yeah, so my first my first outing against them last season, uh, I just remember giving up a few like, you know, I wouldn't say hard base hits, but they turned everything into a double. I'd be like, these guys like just don't <laughs> stop. It's endless, and and I actually threw the ball pretty well that day, um, but I just remember how like. Mentally draining it was knowing these guys are are not just going to stay on a base. They're going to keep going. They're going to try to push, you know, the envelope and um, try to make the most out of everything. And that really caught my attention. And I told guys on our side too, like, man, that was that was tough. You know, going out there and you're making good pitches, and you know they're fighting off uh, your really good pitches. And and you know when they do put something in play, they're they're busting their butts down the line and and trying to make the most of everything. So there's a lot of I want to say fun to watch because, you know, I was on the other side. Uh, But now that I'm on this side, it's definitely a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I know I've made the right decision.
0: Did you um, or were you kind of aware of the A's history of that of the, they often find veteran starters and bring them in who are good bounce back candidates and a lot of guys have kind of reinvented themselves here starting with you know several years ago Bartolo Colon but then Rich Hill Scott Kazmir last year maybe Trevor Cahill you could put in that category. Did you kind of look at that at some point because I, I know the A's look at you and say this is a guy we think is a good bounce back candidate.
1: Well, I hope so uh, you know last year was tough and I dealt with some injuries um, so I'm trying to get over these things and I am feeling better I'm um, not hundred percent yet but I, I am very close to getting there um, so you know they they must have seen something that they they liked in me and I'm glad they gave me the opportunity because uh you know i'm i'm not I'm not here just to collect a paycheck I want to win and I want to try to give these guys as many innings as possible so um, you know i'm I'm honored that they even Offered me anything, because uh, I, I want to win, and this is this is a, a very good team, and I know we're going to win a lot of games.
0: The injuries you, you've—I know you've had some back things um, really throughout your career, uh, and the last year you were dealing with a hip issue. How, yeah. What was the thing that was really the, the bigger problem, and and what happened?
1: I strained my hip, my left side, and and I think it just kind of went into my back and it re-aggravated my back um I, I started compensating for one thing and injured another so that whole just middle half of my body wasn't really working too well uh and it was tough and i tried pitching through it um
0: you did pitch through it, uh, well,
1: Yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I guess i did but it, it wasn't the way i wanted to uh it just it didn't go the way I, I had it planned in my mind but i'm glad i went out there and made most most of my starts um and i think that's one thing that you know just I didn't say much about it but I'm hoping the younger guys kind of paid a little attention to to it and and saw that hey maybe I don't always need my best stuff but if I can be out there I can help the team win in some way Um, so hopefully uh, they took notice of that and um, I took a lot of pride in being out there and, and it wasn't a lot of fun but you know, I, I did take pride in just making a start. And um, like I said, just hopefully uh, some of the younger guys learned a little bit about yeah.
0: that. That is something that uh, younger pitchers have to learn, right? Like you, you're not always going to feel great or have exactly. your best stuff, but especially the feeling great because, <laughs> as you know, <laughs> I guess a catcher is, is agreeing with me that pitchers don't always uh, want to go out there when they don't feel 100%. But yeah, it's how do you remember when you kind of figured that out that you're not just not always going to feel 100 percent?
1: oh it was the first year i had uh mark burley next to me and and just knowing what type of pain this guy was in but he made every single start Jeez. and you just you couldn't believe this guy would go out there and, and pitch as good as he did you know and not being 100 percent ever um i don't think i ever saw him healthy and but how many innings did he he almost threw 200 that year his last year and And he should have. He missed it by, you know, maybe an inning or whatever. But uh, he he taught me a lot, and he just taught me that you don't always have to be 100%. You you know, you go out there and you grind through a lot of things because most of the time you're not going to feel 100%, and these are things you have to battle through. Um, You know, you have an obligation to the team to be out there, and that's kind of one of the main things that Burley taught me. And he didn't have to say anything to me, you know. I, I saw it. I saw everything, and I learned just from watching him pitch. And it was it was really impressive just to see it.
0: He's a great example in a number of ways. I mean, the guy with his with that kind of control, the command he had, working fast. I yep. mean, I think we're all going deep into games. That's for a young pitcher to see that. He was a. Did he teach you anything in terms of pitches or your stuff? Did he give you any hints or?
1: No, not pitches. Uh, I mean, we're completely different pitchers. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing he's left-handed so it was kind of hard to you know uh, kind of go over pitches. He, he but,
0: couldn't teach you how to throw with your left hand. That's disappointing. Right, right
1: <laughs> but uh, no he, he we never really talked about that stuff it was more of the mental game uh, the mental part of the game uh, he helped me out a lot with that and it's something I still struggle with and I think everybody does but uh, I'm able to bounce back from it a lot sooner than I used to be uh, and then like I mentioned just The the whole being injured, you know, being out there, showing the team you care and and making the most out of those starts. But just pushing through injuries, um, it means a lot to the guys, and I know it means a lot to the team. So uh, just those little things, yeah. And I wish he was here. He's the guy that can teach a lot of these guys a lot of good things.
0: Absolutely. I always love watching him pitch. Um, what pitchers did you learn some things from when you were a young guy, particularly when it came to your stuff? I, or, and especially your changeup? Did you always just have it, or was there anybody that kind of helped you out with that?
1: No. I was a fastball, curveball guy. Uh, college, I, I had a changeup, never used it, through maybe one a game. Um, it was okay, but I didn't know what I was doing with it. I would just kind of grab the ball and throw it. Uh, and it wasn't until... I think high A uh, I was kind of struggling, um, you know, having two pitches in, in a professional league, well, it's, you know, it's going to be tough if you're a starter. Uh, you might be able to get away with it as a reliever, but as a starter it was really tough. Um, so I was playing catch with one, one of the guys one day, and uh, he's throwing me his changeups, and I told him. I kind of just I saw how good it was, and so I just asked him how he held it, I uh, didn't really ask too much about it. He just showed me the grip, and I said, yeah, that's it. It's just a normal circle change. Okay, I'll try it out. I started throwing, and next thing, a few days after, I, I started a game, used it, had some swings and misses, and that it just kind of took off from there.
0: Wow. So you're just kind of a natural at it once you got the circle change.
1: I think that's what most change of throwing pitchers are it's a natural feel and you either have it or you don't um, I've, I've obviously a lot, a lot of guys ask me all the time how I throw mine and what's the mindset behind it and I've tried helping a lot of guys with the Jays and um, just some guys didn't have a feel for it and I think that's what it is it's just you either have it or you don't
0: it seems like it would be a fun pitch to throw I mean, especially see some, some of the reactions from the hitters. You can really make guys look silly. Do you remember when you first started, it started working well, like how much fun it was to see those kind of reactions?
1: Yeah, I miss those days because I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really had those days uh, lately. But um, yeah, that, there's nothing like you know throwing a good changeup and seeing the guy end up on a knee because yeah. he's so far out in front. Uh, so, yeah, it, it makes the game a lot funner watching these things and and I mean, I, I don't react to anything, but I in my head, I'm going, man that that's awesome to see you know <laughs> you, you can have a major league hitter swing that way um so obviously, yeah, it's a lot of fun when you get when you actually have it working, but the <laughs> days the days is not there, those are the scary days <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: it's not working that's right. yeah, that's a long day. You did mention um to us during the spring that you're working on. Uh, there was fear maybe you were tipping the change up a little bit with runners on base, but you're trying not to think too much about that and just do what you do best. Is that kind of, are you kind of trying to find the happy spot between being aware of not showing it, but also not letting it yeah, get too I'm much still, in your still,
1: head? Right. I'm still not quite there, and I have a bullpen tomorrow, and I'm going to work on it. and, and – this is going to be the last time I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to try to get as much done as possible and, and try to feel comfortable with this because it is, I'm coming set a little bit different, um, so it does feel uncomfortable right now. Um, so I'm going to work on that, basically my entire bullpen. And once I'm done with that, I don't want to think about it anymore. I just want it to happen. Um, because, you, you know, you can't be out on the mound in a game thinking about these things because it, this game's hard enough. And, you know, you just you can just simplify it as much as possible and focus on hitting your target uh, I, th- I think you'll be a lot more successful that way you, you don't need to have all those different things running through your head and uh, it, it can just complicate things
0: now that you've been here for a few weeks what, what do you think of the team I know we, you liked it last year but what do you think of the, the what you've seen here I know uh, the other day Ramon Loriano was in center made a tremendous catch while you were on the mound what have you thought of some of the younger guys particularly someone like Loriano?
1: oh yeah it's incredible it's incredible to watch this kid play it's uh, not only him this entire team there you know you go through that lineup and you're like where's the weak point on this line and there really isn't um, not only are they all talented hitters but they're extremely good defenders uh, some of the plays they've made, you know, it's pretty unreal to watch. And uh, it makes a, a pitcher feel good about, you know, it's okay to have someone hit the ball hard sometimes because these guys are probably going to make these plays for you. Um, and it gives a pitcher a lot more confidence being out there when you see stuff like that.
0: Well, yeah. And you're, you're a guy who's now going to a much bigger ballpark and playing with a team that had last year had four Gold Glove finalists and also a lot of other good defensive players like Loreano.
1: Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm i going to try to keep these balls in the ballpark, you know, and, and I think having a bigger ballpark should help a little bit. Um, but I know what I am. Uh, I'm not a ground ball pitcher. I, I think everybody knows it, and I've probably been in the bottom three the last few years in, in ground balls. So uh, a lot of guys are... No, when I pitch, I'm gonna get a lot of pop flies. It's just the way it is, and, and I have to pitch that. It's my strength, so I have to pitch that way. Um, and hopefully, these are most of these will be routine pop flies. I'm hoping, and you know, and it'll make it a little easier for these guys. But um, I just want to go out there, work fast, throw strikes, because that'll keep the defense on their toes and, and be a little more alert. Um, whereas my last outing here in spring training I was throwing a lot of balls and, and all I kept thinking was man these guys are they're, they're probably getting annoyed back there and you know they start falling asleep a little, a little bit so you, you want to stay away from that I want to throw strikes I want to pound the zone and, and work fast because I know these guys uh as good as they are you don't want them falling asleep um you want them on their toes and they're just going to make that many more plays for you
0: how much of an eye do you keep on some of the other starters I mean I'm, I'm particularly wondering of course about Jesus Lizardo and how much you've watched him
1: I haven't had the chance to watch him too much. Um, the one day he started here, I was inside doing uh, some rehab stuff, so unfortunately I missed it. I, w- I was listening to the game, and it sounded like he threw a heck of a game. Um, but I know he's a talented kid. You know, it's all you hear his name come up a bunch. Um, but what I've what I've noticed the most about him is how like how like the, he's got a great head on his shoulder. Basically, you know, he's down to earth. Um, I don't think any of this stuff is getting to him and it takes a special type of player to you know to get so much attention but not let it get to them and he's doing a really good job of it
0: so i asked you the other day growing up in socal if you were an angels fan or a dodgers fan i think ace fans are always happy when they hear somebody grow up a a dodgers fan first of all you know a little bit of a rivalry with the angels but also you know i think a lot of ace fans because of the Giants. Um, come down on the uh, Dodgers side a little bit. Tell, tell me a little bit about your love for the Dodgers growing up.
1: Yeah, I was a Dodger fan. I lived, I'd say, a good 20 minutes away from the ballpark, so I, I got to see a lot of games. Um, I made my way out there as much as possible, and anytime I'd, I'd find, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks, I that's where I was going to go spend it. Uh, somewhere in the bleachers, just sit out there and, and enjoy these games. Um, I got to see a lot of great players come through there, and it was a lot of fun. Um, watching these games and and you know paying attention to them but you know once you get up here that that goes away it, it completely goes away the day one of them tries to you know crush one over the fence off of you you're like all right well I don't like that team anymore <laughs> so uh now it's just whatever team I'm on it, it's that's the team I root for and then that's the only team I care about
0: who, who were your favorites growing up did you ever wind up facing any of the guys that you grew up a fan of
1: oh man I'm sure I did I'm sure I have uh but no, my favorite to watch was Fernando Valenzuela. I got to see him pitch live a few times, and, and it was incredible. Um, but just I mean, I don't know if too many guys have ever thrown the way this guy does. And, and the way he'd look up right before he'd make the pitch and, and that nasty screwball. Um, He was always a blast to watch. And not only as a pitcher, he was a good hitter, you know? Uh, So so I'd pay attention to that. And uh, I I just love watching him because he was a pitcher. This guy located really well and just worked each corner, um, put the ball wherever he wanted. And uh, I admire someone like that. And I've, I've always looked up to him. And I've actually. Gone to meet him. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, his I played with his son in junior college, so his dad would go to the games, and I was always really embarrassed and shy. You know, I, I didn't want to bother him, but you know, once in a while, I'd try to just sneak a few words in there and, and talk to him. But he was always really nice, and uh so it was, it was nice to be able to get to meet someone like that.
0: That's so cool. So, when you were a kid, were you? were you always a pitcher or were you playing other positions too did you kind of watch him because you were pitching or were you everywhere on the field
1: no I I just I enjoyed pitching um but I I was always on the field I I was an infielder uh once in a while the coaches would be like hey you know you've got a pretty decent arm why don't you try to pitch I'd throw a game or two but didn't really care for it I'd rather be out there on the field um hitting the ball you know running around doing all that stuff but uh just one in in high school I'd pitch a little bit in JV uh and then my arm started to get a little stronger and and that's when in varsity the coach was like you know why don't we try pitching because um, I guess I wasn't that good of a hitter so <laughs> uh was oh, like, yeah you that might happens right <laughs> so uh you know I, I ended up pitching that year and had a really good year and um and I kind of just, I guess, took off from there. Yeah.
0: And then you went to Glendale Community College and then Long and then Beach. Long Beach State yeah. That, yeah. How, how key was yeah. that jump going to Long Beach State and, you know, getting a lot of scouts interested and, and things you, like that?
1: Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure where my baseball career was going to end up. You know, I played one year varsity. Uh, so it was like, you know, not too many guys get looked at when you only have one year varsity under your belt. But uh, I had to take the junior college route. Uh, things ended up going really well there, but then the level of competition that uh, just jumping from you know junior college to a D one program it's it's night and day. It's a it's a huge jump. So I think that made me a, a better pitcher. And um, once I started to be a little successful there, I, I started thinking, well, maybe there's something here. Maybe you know I've got a shot to to getting drafted and and maybe playing a little professional ball, but never in my wildest dreams that I think I'd have you know as, as much time as I do now and you know it's it's crazy the way things work out.
0: And now headed to Japan where you will pitch game number two of the season opening series against the Mariners. Marco Estrada thanks so much for joining us on Ace Plus. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Marco Estrada for joining us on Ace Plus. He will be starting the A's second game of the regular season next week in Japan. Coming up next, Ken Rosenthal from Fox Sports and The Athletic. Today's guest on A's Plus is Ken Rosenthal, the longtime Fox TV baseball announcer and analyst, and for the last year and a half, a writer for The Athletic. I think probably the person I respect and admire most in my business. So, Ken, it's absolutely a pleasure to have you on Ace Plus today. Uh, you're at A's camp, obviously. Uh, what is your impression of the A's from afar, especially after kind of a, an unusual year for them last year with low expectations and turning from that into, into a playoff team?
2: Susan, first off, thanks a lot for saying that. That was nice, really nice. I always am fascinated by the A's because they do it differently, obviously. And like everyone else, I'm waiting to see which five starting pitchers they unfurl and how it goes for them if you look at them on paper last year it didn't add up you knew this you wrote about it really well but yet you get the sense that in the American League with so many teams not competing to the fullest they'll be good again so it's just a matter of how they go about it it's cool to me to see Lizardo and what he's doing and Murphy and these guys coming along obviously this is what they need Chapman gave it to them, right? and Olsen. It's the same idea, young guys coming up and balancing the payroll, doing all kinds of things in a positive way. So they're one of the teams I just enjoy following because they're always different.
0: They are. They're always always interesting. Now, coming off a playoff appearance uh, and being a team that needs starting pitching, are are you, you a little surprised that they didn't go harder after some of the more prominent starters that are out there? Particularly, you know, somebody like Dallas Keuchel is still out there.
2: Yes, and we don't know for sure that they're not going after Dallas Keuchel, but it doesn't seem like that's their kind of play. And I am always surprised when teams don't pursue certain needs. Now, they'll always tell you, we think we can get X for, out of this guy for this amount, and it's going to be almost as good as Y for that greater amount from the other pitcher. Okay, we'll see how it plays out. And they also have the ability, of course, to make trades as it goes along, which they're not afraid to do, as we know. But yes, I was a little bit surprised that they didn't play not so much on Dallas Keiko, but some of the lesser starters who no. were out there.
0: Geo, yeah, that's so much no. Geo. I, know, so... I
2: see Geo on the downside. But you're right, that kind of yeah, guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. And mid-range,
2: mid-range, yeah. cheaper. Yeah. yeah. But for whatever reason, they're comfortable where they are right now, or relatively
0: comfortable. We'll see how it goes yeah lizardo probably has something to do with that yes now since you've been bouncing around at different camps um how do you think see things sort of shaping up in the american league particularly in the american league west i'm assuming you saw the astros
2: i did see the astros in florida early it's hard not to love them yeah. uh, they're really good and health is going to be a question altuve and is career back and all of these things but even without marwin then they bring in brantley <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be very good. I, I I don't have much question about that. Their bullpen's good. Presley is a star, so they're the best team to me, maybe in the league. Yeah. And when I was there, Altuve said that he thought Correa was going to be the MVP. Oh wow. So I can see that yeah. if Correa is healthy. Yeah. And I had the same reaction. I was like, oh okay. Yeah.
0: He wasn't a lot of it last year. No. Yeah.
2: And um, and
0: a bad back at that age is yes, not necessarily is, a great sign. Right.
2: But he seems to be healthy, so they're the class of it. Now, the Yankees are good. The Red Sox are really good. Although Their bullpen is a serious question. Cleveland is... Now, we just talked about the A's not pursuing starting pitching. The Cleveland Indians have baffled me with their offseason and not going after better outfielders and not just being more aggressive overall. Now, maybe they think that they've got the thing in the bag, but the Twins have made improvements. Now, their pitching is still probably short, but... They're gonna be more competitive. So I see it kinda of playing out like last year, but I don't rule out the twins as a surprise. And I can see it kinda of coming down that way. The the West is gonna be a little bit weird with Seattle taking this obvious step back. The Angels, I I never seem to get what they're doing. No. I like I like what they're doing as far right. as the farm system and all of that, but they needed to outbid someone for a big starting pitcher and right. they did not.
0: Right. I mean, the thing that's held them back the last few years is the health of their rotation. Right. And maybe one or two additions there. At least you've got some, uh, you know, depth at, at the very mm-hmm. least.
2: And so. the guys they brought in are injury questions. Right. Harvey and Cahill. So yeah. we'll see. And they've got the trout question moving, of course. Right. but league will be interesting at the top not so interesting at the bottom
0: so do you see the a's as as contenders again potential wild card yes i
2: do want to see how the starting pitching plays out we all do i'm (laughs) suspicious but
0: i was suspicious last
2: year right and look what happened
0: yes they went through essentially two full rotations none of them impressive and yeah yes and and the brewers
2: did kind of the same thing yeah very similar i must have written two or three times last year these guys need to get a starter they never got a starter and they within one game of the World Series. Yeah. So it shows how much we know.
0: Right, good bullpens and good defenses yes. can can go a long way. Um, the baseball has been in the headlines for more than just all the free agents out there. There've been some proposed rule changes, which I know they're implementing uh, in the Atlantic League. What do you make of some of those things? Moving the mound back, the uh, stipulation that a reliever has to face the at least three batters. How do you feel about this?
2: Susan, I almost tweeted this the other day when people were freaking out on Twitter about it, it's the Atlantic League. (laughs) I don't know why you wouldn't be open as a fan to baseball experimenting in the Atlantic League, an independent league not affiliated with affiliated baseball. Right. So these things are all fine to try, and I saw some pitchers have raised the question of, The injury risk increasing if you move the mound back. That's certainly a fair. Is that a
0: fairly um, fundamental change to a game where that's been the standard forever? That's a huge change. Yeah.
2: But they're worried about the strikeouts, and they're trying to put more balls in play. If they want to try
0: it, and the pitchers are willing in the Atlantic League, fine.
2: And all the other things, fine. Now the three batter minimum—that's coming. Not this year, but probably next year. That's going to be interesting to see how it plays out and how they pitcher might get injured and how that would figure into it and all the different elements does it end it in if you ended anything is that enough i don't know we don't know the exact rule yet but i don't mind changes what i do fear and i know the commissioner fears this too because i asked him about it once he's terrified of unintended consequences if you go back to replay i was in favor of replay yeah, me too. and the reason was the egregious calls you cannot miss them you just can't, and it's inexcusable to have egregious calls, misses, happen when you have all this technology. However, what has happened? We have to play at second base, where the guy overslides by two inches and is out because of replay. That is not that's what quite, was my the yeah. rule was implemented for. It. it was what Commissioner Selig feared when he was active. So, when anytime time you change a rule, there's the danger of that, right. and that's the problem.
0: My My issue with the three batter minimum is it's it's such an unnecessary complication to a pretty simple game i mean it's just not how the game is played on any level it's not how it's been played for 100 plus years True. uh and it you know i do understand i i had said on twitter sort of maybe a little over it you know you take some of the strategy away and people said well no it's just different strategy i get that but it is taking something away from a manager's ability. Yes, he has to know, you know, which guy might be best suited for that, uh, et cetera But um, really, it does take away something fundamental that a manager's been able to do for a long time.
2: That's fair. And what's interesting to me about it is it, it would change strategy and it would require different kinds of relievers, right? Guys who can face lefties and righties and get them out one thing about it that is a little troublesome you might say well what's really the problem here what are they attacking because if you've seen the numbers the lefty relievers the specialists the left on left guys they're not as prominent as perhaps we think they are right this is affecting a very small percentage right. of the game so i'm not quite sure the idea there they do want Clearly to lessen the impact of bullpens to right. some degree. Right. I don't know that it's, this does that.
0: Why not just um, limit the number of warm-up pitches? Throw more in the pen, something like that. If it's the long, the number of pitching changes and the length of time of the pitching right. changes, something like that. That seems less like a than you know, absolutely changing, a, adding a layer of a rule onto a simple three up, three down kind of... It's a
2: fair. Again, it's fair, Susan. Now, the one thing I do kind of like about it, the possibility that with fewer platoon advantages, maybe you will see more offensive action. I don't know that that's true. No. We'll have to see it play out. Yeah. But the idea of it, and the idea of getting more action, that I'm in favor of. In favor, the games yeah. are not what they should be.
0: So, what happens um, seventh game of a World Series, one run game, uh, Red Sox with a one run lead, bring in a guy with a runner at third, say, and he has to face three, and he just can't find the strike zone, marks three guys in a row.
2: That's a very fair question, and I don't know the answer. To that. I mean, that and wouldn't and have that, happened, that, it
0: would not have happened, you know, whatever 10 years ago and it's right. fundamentally and that, different.
2: And that is weird. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. And it's it And nothing you can do about right, it, which Nothing you yeah. can do about it. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think people will be screaming. I think people will be screaming that <laughs> so. Yeah. I can't argue. Well, that's going to be interesting. We'll have you back on then to talk more about this. <laughs> yeah, after it blows up. <laughs> after it blows up. Ken Rosenthal, thanks so much for joining us on Ace Plus. Thanks, Zeus. A pleasure to have Ken join us today. You can find Ken Rosenthal's work on the Athletics website. And, of course, you can see him on Fox Sports and the MLB Network. Our producer today was Libby Coleman. We will be back next week with more A's Plus podcasts from the A's season opening trip to Japan. Thanks for joining us. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at SanFranciscoChronicle.com slash subscribe.